welcome to the CrossFit Oakland podcast. In this episode, Mike and Ben interview CrossFit legend and Oakland native, Adrian Bosman. Some of you might know him as the stern-faced, no-repping machine, head judge of the CrossFit Games. Others of you might know him as Mike's old friend, good pal, tuxedo social club leader, and Oakland native. Either way you know him, we walk through Adrian's original CrossFit experiences, his circus antics from long ago, and all the other fun things he has experienced and grown through CrossFit. We hope you enjoy. We hope you learn. We hope you take something away to apply to your real life. Take care, fam, and enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the world's greatest CrossFit Oakland podcast. We have a special guest here today with us and we're actually not even, we're off-site. Uh, we are with Adrian Bosman. Some of you guys probably know him as Boz. I actually knew him before that name became popular, <laughs> but um, so I might call him Adrian. But uh, you guys probably know him more recently. He's the head judge at the CrossFit Games. You might know him through the Open with his epic showdowns against uh, Rory, uh, oh, Roe yeah. versus Boz. But I actually remember when Boz, like there was another pairing of Boz and someone else and the older CrossFitters might know it, but it was uh, Boz and Todd or Todd and Boz. Yeah, that's Todd. right. Yeah. yeah. That was when like uh, they would go around and that, that was maybe where you got famous for your no rep or... I might have been. That, that yeah. was more of a coaching focus. Yeah, coaching. Though. That was like, uh-huh. geez, 2008 maybe? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, you and Todd Whitman. Yeah. Um, but I've known Adrian much longer than that actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to open with my second hardest question um oh man do you remember when we first met and i'll give you a hint it, it had nothing it did not take place it took place in neither oakland where we are right now or in san francisco well i did my level one in february of 2006 and i think i was aware of who you were at that time because you were one of the only affiliates in the area and i think we met in santa cruz at the one of the last three-day level one seminars is that correct yeah, I think so. I call it the uh, Blue Shirt Seminar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And do you remember where yep. it took place? I do, like a weird boat rental yeah, like, warehouse. So, so it was yeah. the old, it was actually the old, I think it was the old Wrig- Wrigley plant. And at the time, um, the Glassmans were thinking of um, moving their whole operation there because yep. the seminars were starting to explode. And it, and it fell through and it probably ended up being the best thing because then they... Um, they had already stepped away from the gym, but yeah, yeah it was a, they, I just feel it was a, a huge massive space. humanity. Yeah. And I think actually Kimmy yeah, showed me a picture a while ago of me there. Yeah, and I, I think, still uh, have some, uh, some yeah. like hard photos that you went and got developed at, you know, the CVS or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I still have some of those from that and you're in them. So yeah, I think you're teaching us, uh, something on the GHD. Yeah, I think it's GHD yeah. stuff. But yeah, that I just remember it being kind of chaotic because oh, it's so huge and they had some structure, nothing like the well-oiled yeah. machine these days. But um I just remember a lot of people everywhere. Yeah. Um and I remember coming up afterwards and saying like thanks for such a great seminar. 
not just to me specifically, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was. It, well, well, I mean, I can say definitively it changed my life. You know, like people, sure. people throw that around a lot, but I mean, I really, it's true. I, you know, if you would have asked me at the time, oh, do you see yourself pursuing a career in CrossFit? I've been like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, there's, yeah. there is no such thing. And now 13 years later, however long it's been, that's what I've done, you know? So it's, it's yeah. kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it really did. It really did change my life. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, second question. This is more... This is the hardest one? No, no, no. Which one did Kelly get wrong? He got that one wrong. Oh, he couldn't okay, remember. Awesome. So he remembered up. it was... He didn't remember what <laughs> seminar it was. Yeah, so, so you got that on Kelly yeah, now. Yes, I'm already up on him. That's, That's great. right. <laughs> okay. You'll win one to nothing because there are no other tough ones. Excellent. I do have one question that has... Puzzled me for a long, I got a question long for you time. When you're done. Okay, very long time. It seems to defy all laws of uh, nature. Mm. How the hell do you do all those open workouts while wearing sweatpants? Oh, uh, you know, it's <laughs> funny. Everybody says that, but I really, I don't notice much of a difference. It's like maybe because you train pants, like that so often. Yeah, I, I just don't care. Pants, shorts, whatever, and especially, I mean, now that I've been doing a lot of jujitsu, it's like you're yeah. always in the freaking. Overcoat, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So it just, it doesn't bother me. And, and I find like when I'm, most of those events, like I'll end up working them and I find, this is just a personal point of preference. I think it's more professional to wear pants. So I do. Sure. And then I'm working okay. out and I'm not going to like bring another outfit to work yeah. on. You're, so it's just you're, like, you're not the whatever. one who's going to come with the bag yeah, of no, five different yeah. outfits. No, I just don't care enough. So yeah. But yeah. You mentioned jujitsu, and I. Wait, hold on! I got a question for you now. Okay, all right. Do you remember where we ate lunch to discuss and plan the two thousand nine regionals at the ranch? Because uh, I drive by it regularly, and every time I do, I'm like, "Oh, I remember that meeting." Oh God! <laughs> if you drive by here, it's in Oakland. Yeah, I remember. I came over to Oakland to do oh it. Oh my God! It was me, you, and Austin. Austin, mm-hmm. yeah. Austin, as I call him, Bing Bing. Bing Bing, um, yep. Oh, God. No, you got me. Ooh, Kato's Ale House. Kato's. Oh, oh, man, I was just there <laughs> like a month ago. How do, you, how do you not remember that place? I know. <laughs> I remember that place. I just, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, all right. Table's turned. <laughs> That's right. He got me. Good job. Uh, so, the jujitsu, is that a recent thing or is something you've gone back to? Or? Um yeah, I so I started at the beginning of this year, and uh, you know, so you started talking about seminars. I for a long time I worked my way up to being a member of the seminar team, and then I helped mm-hmm. them develop staff and instructor materials and things like that. And the test when that started happening, and so a lot of the work I did was traveling with that team, and uh, I was on the road. You know, from from two thousand eight until twenty eighteen. I was on the road like three or four days a week. Yeah. Steady. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, I ended up, this is maybe the only negative that came out of that experience is that um, I ended up pushing a lot of my personal interests to the side during uh-huh. that time. And so By I was... By necessity. Yeah, exactly. So I was doing Krav Maga and Sambo at the time uh-huh. uh, before I started working on the seminar team. And I started traveling so much that I just stopped. And fast forward, you know, 10 years and now I'm, I'm off the road. Well, that's not entirely true, but less, there's a lot less travel that I do these days. And uh, so it's like, wow, I actually have some regularity in my schedule. I should pick up a hobby again. So yeah. I started, started at the beginning of this year and 
been loving it. It's, it's been awesome. So has your role changed at CrossFit? To, to some degree. So, I, you know, I've, I, I guess my most visible role has been the head judge of the CrossFit Games, but my, my like, real quote-unquote role has always been working Similar for the, staff. Exactly, the, uh-huh. the training department. Um, and so I'm in more of an administrative position now and less of a hands-on traveling every week kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. You're no longer the flow master guy. Correct. Yeah. All that. I am. Yeah. So for better or worse, I've got a more regular schedule. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the traveling was great, but it's kind of a crazy lifestyle in the long for term. For sure. It's a lot, it's a hard, um, yeah. a hard lifestyle to sustain exactly. over a long period of time. So the trade-off is I spend a lot more time in front of a computer nowadays, which is a yeah. little weird. And yeah. you know, that's certainly not what I expected but yeah yeah yeah. you know it it definitely offers a lot of flexibility in other ways so i'll take it cool yeah um speaking of 2009 regionals oh uh, man do you remember that i do it was uh a lot of it (laughs) yeah the good and the bad (laughs) the good and the bad that Uh, was when we came up with was it catch 22 yep catch start start with the deadlifts yeah i remember there was you had to run the deadlift started somewhere and you yeah. run to somewhere else. Hill. Grab a pair of dumbbells and bring them with you. Yeah. The thrusters on the side of the hill. Ran down, did some pull-ups, ran up again. Yeah. There was something that... Was overhead, overhead squats. It was overhead squats. Yeah. Okay. And then you ran down the hill a final time. And was there something else after that or was that it? Uh, no, I think that was the finish line. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was the and, finish line. And it poured with rain that day, right? Uh-huh. So it was uh-huh. like slip and slide coming down the hill. Yeah. Oh, man. So for, uh, this is like old, old school CrossFit games. It was before it was so, well, now it's totally changed. It's sanctionals, but there was just a, a regional and then there, this is before the open, a regional and then the games, the regional was kind of like a, a qualifying, um, competition for, for the CrossFit games. And at, they were totally independently run at that time. So Adrian, um, Austin, Pat Barber, was he involved or was that the following year? I don't know how involved he was. I don't re- seem to remember him being involved in 2009. I think he, it was 2010 when we did the sectional at um, in at Jason Kalipa's yes, high school. That's that, right. Yeah. yeah. And I was not a part yeah, of that. Yeah, you weren't that, part of that. that one. Yeah, he was involved in then. Okay, yeah. So it was largely Adrian Austin, who's also on the uh, seminar yeah. staff. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had to come up with these workouts. All the workouts were different in the regionals. We had to come up with the workouts. The cool thing was we did run it at the ranch, which is where the games took place. Uh, what was it, until 2010? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was a really cool experience for a lot of people. And there were no, um, there was nothing qualifying before. So if you showed up, you could participate. Uh, and anyway, it was the whole days across <laughs> yeah, it. Was, it was great. And yeah. I remember vividly, having an argument with Tony Budding about oh, yeah. that last workout because the first set of deadlifts was at 315. It was 22 at 315. Yeah, and that was like one of the heaviest events that had ever happened in a yeah. CrossFit style thing before. <laughs> and he was like, this is way too heavy. He wanted there's, 245. Yeah, he's like, there's no way that people will be able to handle they this. They crushed it. Though. Oh, yeah. I mean, most yeah. of the guys did it unbroken. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I remember that argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was tough. We had to like hold our ground. Yeah, we we saw it through. It was kind of our vision, and yeah, it was a it was a favorite workout of a lot of folks at that time. Yeah, too. I thought it was cool. Yeah, and there was another one I really liked too. It was uh, 
the one that it was inside, and I don't remember the rep scheme or the, or it was the format. The power cleans and the muscle ups. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I really like that one too. Yeah, I just don't fun. remember the details. Yeah, I don't remember too much. I think it was just total reps, and you had to have like a min buy-in for each movement. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of workouts, first CrossFit workout. Well, there was a lot of dabbling before I did <laughs> Oh, wait. official. Yeah. yeah. What did you do before you found CrossFit? Oh, I mean, how far back you want to go? Um, Circus? Yeah, that's the... So at, when I moved to San Francisco in 2003, I moved down and I was at the San Francisco School of Circus Arts. And at the time, I, I really liked kettlebell training and I was like a little bit into lifting, but not as much. Um, obviously, I did gymnastics and stuff like that. And, um, the people at the circus school that I was working out with, they would always kind of put me in charge of like making workouts because I was familiar with that stuff. Yeah. And so I kind of became this de facto leader of this little group that we had. And, um, anyway, that's kind of how I stumbled into CrossFit. One, one of the members of that group said, Hey, you know, you should be a personal trainer. And at the time I was working at Trader Joe's as a, you know, night stock guy. Uh-huh. And, um, I didn't even know that that was like a thing that people did for money. I was like, what do you mean? People will pay you money to do this? Like, this sounds <laughs> awesome, you know? So I got my, uh, my personal training certificate and uh, started doing that. And then that led me to finding the CrossFit website in 2004. Um, and so I started just dabbling and, and coming up with some stuff. And it was like a toe in the water. But the first like real deal CrossFit workout I ever did was um, the three bars of death. Or Linda, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I had to do a certain amount of continuing education every year for my personal training certificate. And so I remember I had ridden to Walnut Creek to do a stretching seminar that was a complete waste of time. It was useless. But at the end of the day, that was like my little self-reward. I was like, I'm going to do this CrossFit workout. It looks great, you know. So a seminar comes and goes, and I go down to the basement of this, I think it was a, a Bally Total Fitness in Walnut Creek, or Concord, somewhere over there. Yeah. And uh, I set this thing up and I did it. And, you know, I'm, I got the benefit of being a lifelong skinny guy. So the weights weren't too bad, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, it wasn't like an impressive effort. It was just so I'm skinny enough to RX get through it. right I, from the get-go? I did. That's it awesome. took me forever, but yeah. I did it. Yeah. But I was wrecked. And uh, I didn't own a car at the time. I just had my motorcycle. And I remember being in the parking lot and like, okay, I got all my gear on. I'm going to ride back to the city. And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't ride back. It's like I had to go find a little sandwich shop and like get myself together for an hour before I was like, okay, I think the hands are steady enough. I think I can, <laughs> I think I can make it back now, you know? So that was, that was it. That sounds like an, a Linda experience I'd still have today. Oh, man. Where I'd have yeah. to sit around for an hour after finishing that yeah. one. <laughs> Staring at the floor, evaluating your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was the first like start to finish from the from the the main site crossword workout that I did. You've always been a really uh, a pretty good mover. Is that did that come about from other physical practices, or has that just always been something that you you obviously value it? You're a, a judge, you're part of the seminar staff, you teach those things. I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I um I didn't grow up doing a lot of team sports growing up or whatever but I did do gymnastics as a kid and my brother and I were always doing outdoor stuff like Uh a lot of hiking and rock climbing and Uh kayaking and stuff like that Um, 
and uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess gymnastics as a kid was probably one of the biggest checks in the box there. You know, I think that that was a huge leg up. Um, yeah. You know, I don't pretend to have any super high level skills anymore, and mm-hmm. I, it's funny because people are like, "Oh yeah, you're." really good at body weight stuff and I'm like eh. yeah <laughs> you know like I can I can saw your they can do okay yeah. you know yeah. but but uh but I think the basic body awareness is is yeah. huge you know yeah, so yeah. I think that was a big benefit for me looking back yeah and then so uh, we'll go back in time again so you got your level 1 yep and then you how long before you connected with San Francisco CrossFit. Pretty you, quick. You were there before you started your uh, seminar staff days. That's right, yeah. And it was actually working there that got me... <clears throat> I think that was what kind of got my foot in the door with the seminars because Kelly was working with the people at HQ at the time mm-hmm. and they were looking for people and he mentioned my name. So that was you know, a huge, huge uh, leg up for me. Um, but I, So I took my level one in February of 2006 and at the time, my friend Sean, who he he's moved back to the East Coast. Uh, Did he go to that with you? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. I yeah, we, there's the two. Of yeah, you we drove down. Hours. We yeah. drove down together, and we stayed in the hotel. And yeah, that was my wife's joke the whole time. She's like, "Oh, everybody's going to refer to you as that couple from San Francisco." <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if the shoe fits. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, my buddy Sean and I would get together in Golden Gate Park and like I would bring a kettlebell, he'd bring a set of rings and we would just beat each other up. But mm-hmm. we didn't have much more of an outlet. Um, we did our level one and then he was like, hey, there's a guy in the city that just opened up. We should go check it out. And at the time I was still working as a personal trainer and Kelly's hours were like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. That's it. <laughs> and then... Tuesday, Thursday, 6 p.m. That's it. Like one class a day, yeah. <laughs> oscillating schedule. Because he was still full-time um, at the Stone PT Clinic. That's, no, no, no. Oh, not even at, he was still oh, at school. Merit. Yeah, he yeah. dropped by our place yeah. sometime when he was finishing up there. So yeah. I couldn't make it out because those were, you know, if you've done personal training before, that's like your bread and butter is that morning mm-hmm. window and the yeah. evening window. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, like happening. I just can't do it. So Sean started going up there and he's like, man, you should really come check it out. It's like, it's raw and it's cool and it's happening. I was like, all right. So made some time and went up there, met Kelly and um, we really hit it off and we exchanged a few emails and this was like, I don't know, maybe March or April. So pretty quick after my level one, mm-hmm. he sends me an email and says, Hey, I've got this kayaking trip that I do every year. He does a charity uh, paddling trip with uh, I think it's kids that have cancer. They take them out on the river and mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks and I don't know anybody else in the area that like even has any qualification to take over. You know, I want to keep this thing going. Um, would you consider doing the classes while I'm away? And I was like, sure. Okay. So I yeah. did. And, uh, you know, I guess I didn't set anything on fire and, uh, people were okay when he got back. And so when he got back, he's like, Hey, look, you know, I'm still a full-time student. I got my hands full. He just had his first daughter at the time. Um, he's like, I want to expand this thing, but I just don't have the, the time to do it on my own right now. Um, what do you think about helping me out and, uh, you know, kind of migrating your business over here. And I was like, done in a heartbeat. I was like, yeah, you mean I can quit my my corporate job at Bally Total Fitness, personal training, I was like, no, no hesitation, you know, so. 
jumped over there and uh, and, and I could go that. yeah and then you could go and train yep. on some pavement with a few mats exactly and, yeah. uh, a little uh, like <laughs> awning overhead and when there were days where that awning we did not have that it was just yeah. like getting <laughs> rained on and, yeah but I wouldn't have traded it for anything oh, it it's totally awesome, awesome. And yeah, was, I love going over there. It yeah. was classic. And they have a great space now, but, you know, it's kind yeah. of like the indie rock band at the time. Yeah, that, yeah. that was like, that will never happen again. Right. That was yeah. really fun. We actually ran into, it was quite a few years later, we ran into a similar situation only because of my own impatience. We um, we moved into our current spot where we are right now in six, on 67th Street, but we were supposed to go through the permitting process and we wanted to just our lease was up at the other place and we just yeah. wanted to jump the gun and then sure enough, they came by and saw uh, us training. So we were banished real. from the building. Uh, so we had to spend the summer oh, no. of 2010 outside, but uh, Kelly had already done the blueprint. So we had yeah. like a, we didn't even have an awning, but we had a bunch of these like giant tents nice. and we would just train underneath there. I love it. We called it the prison yard. We had a lot of fun with yeah. it. We'd bring mats up. So we could access the building. We just couldn't be in it. So we, Every day we'd roll out all of yep. our plates and all that stuff. And then in the night we would close it down. Yep. And our clients who were around then and are still then, they, they have really fond memories of that. It's surprising. Yeah, and, for and sure. It's kinda, it kind of speaks to the point that you don't need like the world's greatest equipment. No. Um, and if, if you have like solid coaching, solid community. Um, Absolutely. And you know, it's funny in the, in the modern quote unquote modern era of CrossFit gyms, I see that as a, uh, I think it's a mistake that some people make is that they, they see these high-end facilities that are out there and, and, and those are great. You know, I think it's, it's awesome that there's this huge spectrum. That's the way it should be. Yeah. But they look at the end state of somebody who's been in the game for, for 10, time. 11, 12 years and they're like, oh, that's where you started. And you're like, yeah. no, 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 no. We started with like <laughs> 500 square feet and a crappy barbell that we got on Craigslist. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not glamorous. And then you build from there. Um, I, and it, it just... I always get nervous when I hear about people with the best intentions that are super eager and they're like, I've got investors and we've got this yeah. 10,000 square foot space lined up and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, awesome. How many, how many people you have signed up? And they're like, none yet. And I'm like, Oh God, you know? Yeah. That's uh, I, I good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I wouldn't want to start that way. You yeah. Know? I, yeah. We started off in the literally the back of a karate studio. We didn't yeah. have access to the main floor. It was probably, uh, 20 by you know like 20 by 20 it was like 400 square feet we had one rower we had yep. one barbell with a full set of plates and then everyone Perfect. had dumbbells yeah and that was Great. it and that was how we started and i actually like a lot of people would see that as a huge disadvantage but i thought it was a huge advantage because i had to be really creative in the yep. way that i ran classes the way that i programmed yeah. <clears throat> and all that stuff and, and it's i know that's not the ideal scenario for everyone and like to your point a lot of people don't start off that way but i thought it was a huge blessing i think you're absolutely right and you know i worked a lot of the level two seminars for a long time and the emphasis on that is you know coaching practice and problem solving and stuff like that and it is a little surprising sometimes that people come in and they're like, well, I have a class with eight people in it and I only have five sets of rings, so I can't do muscle ups. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's, 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 that's madness and, and yeah. frankly, just kind of lazy that you can't For sure. think around that, you know? So I, yeah. I do. I think that that skill set is invaluable to be able to take a small space and limited equipment and make it work, you know? Um, it's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then you get every once in a while, like, the clients who say, 
can you get this equipment X, which costs like $5,000? Yeah. I think it'll really improve everyone's uh, performance. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. And, well, yeah. and the, the, the trap to a lot of that stuff is you're like, you know, I remember we bought a reverse hyper one time. Yeah, we have one too. It just sits Yeah, there. exactly. And it's like, okay, it was great for like the first three months. And everybody's yeah. like fired up and getting these back pumps and they're yeah. all about it. And then, yeah. Dusty, yeah. <laughs> Sweat, sweatshirt rack after the first novelty wears off for sure. And yeah, we still use it, but it's sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely not a high volume item. Yeah, it's coffee table. Yeah, the <laughs> coffee table. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and and to your point about um, you know, a little bit of adversity training outside or whatever. Yeah. When we, you know, Kelly got a spot in, I think it was the end of two thousand eleven. My wife and I had stepped away at that point. We, yeah. we had an opportunity to, to move to Australia and train out there for a bit, so we did. And uh, then Kelly moved to his current location. And, um, you know, when there was rumblings about moving, there was, there was a lot of pushback from some of the members. They're like, no, man, I work downtown. I work in the financial district. I'm a lawyer. This is my outside time. Like, I yeah. don't get opportunity to be out and enjoy California, you know, yeah. like this yeah. is it. Don't, don't take me back inside, you know? It, so. Yeah. There, and for those who don't know, it was like right down on the Presidio, you could see the, um, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge in the background and what's the little beach area there? The Chrissy Field. Chrissy right Field. Across from Chrissy yeah. Field. It's, yeah. It was wow. a really picturesque yeah. setting too. Yeah. So there's something to be said for starting small. That's for sure. Absolutely. So opens coming up, yeah, dude, too fast. Are, are you, are you and uh, Rory gonna meet up in person? It's probably hard because he moved. Right? Yeah, he just moved to Tennessee, so uh, we don't have any plans to meet up yet. I don't know what he's gonna be doing during that time. Um, frankly, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing during that time. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there's gonna be an opportunity to to meet up and do it in person. But like, we will absolutely battle to the death uh, yeah. you know on the leaderboard and Instagram and all that good stuff <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah it's and how's your own training going right now pretty good actually yeah. um, you know nothing too flashy it's just yeah. trying to be consistent and, for sure uh, you know I um, I was actually just talking to Sean Woodland uh, uh -huh. earlier this week and he asked me the same thing and I was like you know really my focus these days is like I'll, I'll be 36 in a couple weeks and uh, I really don't feel any different than I did when I was in my 20s physically. That's, you know? I think that's perfect. That's yeah, that's a big one. Right? That's and a real and, big one. And I'm like, so <laughs> if I can just keep that for as long as possible, that's yeah. the goal. Like I don't, you know, I don't have any big aspirations like, oh, I got to squat 600 pounds or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. You know, like that'd be nice. But at the end of the day, it's like I just enjoy doing it and uh, reaping the benefit that being fit has you know like it sure. doesn't have to be in my mind tied to a specific goal yeah for some people I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat I mean I've gone I've I've gone through both yeah. phases but yeah me too right now I'm just enjoying like moving well and mm -hmm. like hitting a little bit of intensity now and then yeah and uh and getting a lot of bang for your buck in terms yep. of time investment yeah exactly and you know so in my garage we have we we actually affiliated officially last year and uh, I got a small group that comes over and, you know, I don't charge them anything. It's just for fun. And they'll come over a couple times a week. And I have some, a couple of, like, young guys that come in and I can see them, like, 
give me the eye and so if if I can every once in a while just lay the hammer on them I'm like that's, yeah. that's good for yeah. me you know what I mean like yeah. let them have it they, not let them have it I'll get crushed by them yeah. most of the time but every once in a while like my number comes up and I can yeah <laughs> program just the right workout yeah. like that's enough that's good enough for me so we've had he has a really cool spot here we've had some gnarly workouts actually yeah. the hardest yeah. one that I ever remember it was just you and me. It was just kind of on the fly, which okay. was really fun. We had to take that freaking sandbag up the um, driveway. Oh, it was like, I do. And then the that. other person had to do like a t- like I can't remember a ton of burpees while yeah. the other person was doing that, and it just kept on going. Yeah, that was rough. Those I had those old homemade sandbags yeah. at the time. I've yeah. Since given those to a friend of mine, um, so they're in a better place. And he has this <laughs> uh, he has this uphill grade on his uh, driveway, so it's it's rough. Just enough. Yeah, just enough. <laughs> it's good. Good on the return. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So along those lines with the open, um, what, do you know any of the workouts? I yeah, I was gonna no, say I, I don't yeah, know anything. Yeah. We uh, we're scheduled to film with them uh, the first. I think it's the first week of September. So I I don't know any of the details yet. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So no. Adrian's no great though. I've, he never. He's like. It's sealed up in a ball. Yeah. He's really good about it. I mean, I'll tell you if I know them, but I'm not going to tell you what I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's totally fair. But, but I don't know anything at this point. Yeah, I mean, so. It makes it more fun because I, yeah. I think waiting to actually learn on that Thursday. Yeah. And as long as you're crossfitting, you're probably ready for it. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, as many – it's like, you know, it's that playful kind of thing where people are like, what do you know? They don't really want to know, you know, because then you have to – you get a stew on it, and nobody wants that. And and this year, the games, you know, we didn't release many details, and most of the events were day of, uh, you know, scheduling kind of thing. Not scheduling, but uh, but that's when they, they, would, they would be briefed. Yeah. Um, and in years past, they've had weeks for some events and a couple of days for others. So anyway, I wasn't sure how the athletes would react to that. And most of the athletes that I talked to behind the scenes were like, I have slept better at this game than, <laughs> yeah. than any other year because I'm just not worried about it. I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know what to stress out about, so I'm just not going to stress. Versus, hey, you know, you're swimming tomorrow. They're like, oh, my God. You know, they start <laughs> spinning out. So I think the same is true for the Open. Yeah, I, I think one of my pet peeves is with people who try and they always ask me what I think it is like I'm in the prediction game or something. I have no idea. One, I have no idea. (laughs) And two, in week two, if I guess it right for week three, like, is that really going to give you some kind of advantage? Especially for most of our Joe and Jane average crossfitters. It's like, it's not going to make that big of a deal. Just focus on, like you said, like recovery and prep and stuff like that. And I think it's the nature of the open that, Everybody gets a roll of the dice where they're like, "Oh yes, awesome!" Yeah, exactly. and then on the other end of that, <laughs> like, you get, no! yeah, yeah, exactly. You get at least one where you're like, "Oh, this is the worst thing ever." You know. Yeah. So, the one thing that will never change with the open is whether it's two minutes in or ten minutes in, you're gonna have that feeling like, "What am I doing here?" Totally. Yeah. Stumbling drunk it's between barbell and yeah. pull up bar and yeah, all exactly. Those That's the one thing you can count on. Yep. But I, I don't know, man. I love the Open. I think it's such a, um, a fun time of year. And uh, like I remember when we first moved to that system, that was actually we scrapped the sectionals. Yeah. The, and so those independent events that we were talking about earlier kind of went the way of the dodo. Yeah, 2011. And, yeah. And they rolled in this online qualifier and people freaked out. They, they were like, this is terrible. You're killing the sport. Yeah. You know, this is never going to be something people adopt. 
how could there be a community event wrapped around an online qualifier? And we're like, yeah. okay, well, we'll wait and see. And, you know, sure enough, I mean, it's just, we know where we are now with it. It's obviously been pretty successful. Um, and I don't know, it's like, it's just fun having everybody, wherever they are, doing the same thing and being able to connect on some level and smack talk and, yeah. you know, just kind of... Take eye up who's who's around you and just have fun or whatever it is, but I think it's great. Um, and I remember when we first moved here, and uh, Kim was was coming and, and working out with you guys a little bit, and you guys did your at the time you did the intramurals. On the yeah, yeah. I don't know if you still do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're gonna resurrect it this year. We took a whole pause. Oh yeah. man, and it was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so Adrian came by. You came to when we had the EGA. Yeah. And yeah. You remember right. there were yeah. like one of the so we had an entrance. And each team had their interests. We had the all-time best one, by the way, but not on that day. <laughs> um, I think it was Arnold's team. They won. They let up. They lit off firecrackers, like in, amazing. like out, and there was like smoke in the. Oh, it, it wasn't. The, it wasn't in hindsight. It wasn't probably the best idea because then there's all this smoke in the gym. But it was crazy. Actually, there's a guy. Um, you probably won't even remember this, but I, I can't. It was oh, it was the overhead. It was a repeat of the overhead squat pull up one. It was like okay. 10, oh 12, yeah, and 12. it adds up. Yeah, <clears throat> and you gave him a piece of advice to do like a thirty five pound bar with some different combo of plates, and he still always talks about that. He's wow, like, you know, he he tells other people he's like. You know, Adrian Bosman, <laughs> he, he gave me this piece of advice. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, I, I take it to the bank. Yeah, I always like make fun of him for using that. As, and I was like, I don't care. As but, you should. But, uh, That's great. But he's like, oh, I don't know. Adrian Bosman told me I should use this guy five pound bar. It's got to be the secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, you know, that's what I think is so funny about the Open is when it first came around, people were so freaked out and oh, it's going to ruin the community of, of CrossFit yeah. sport, you know, and I can't think of a, a single gym that I've been to or dropped in at or whatever that Friday night when the Open's in yeah. swing that it's not like the place to be, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's great. Really cool. But anyway. So building on the competition theme, what is it like to create, not really create, but demand a standard for some of the the athletes that we see in the games and and briefing them and in all of their probably corner cutting questions that i'm assuming you get or yeah kind of i mean i you know honestly i think for the most part we're pretty lucky in the sport that everybody is again for the most part pretty reasonable um they know what they need to do and, and at this mm -hmm. level they're like they're pros man i yeah. mean they their level of sensitivity to what's going on around them and who's looking at them and when, I mean, they, they know what they need to do, you know, yeah. and it is not a surprise when you come over and you're like, Hey, they're like, yep. Immediate change. You know, like it's very rare yeah. that that is not the case. So I, you know, when, when people talk to me about that, a lot of times the question is, do you feel a lot of pressure in, is it stressful? And it's like, well, yeah, it's a big event, so it's stressful, but I think I've been lucky that I've been involved long enough and grown with the sport. You know, like I've seen it from its infancy at this point um, that I don't think I feel the full extent of that pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had somebody that was brand new and you just plopped them into that role, I think it would be very difficult to yeah. up, up take that. 
but because it's been so organic and, and gradual, it's like, no, this is just where we are. But at the end of the day, it's not that different. It's got nicer window dressing, but like, it's the same stuff, you know, the squat's still a squat. The guys are still moving fast. They're yeah. still fit. They're still, you know what I mean? They still want to win, but yeah. yeah. And at that level, everyone's a good mover. It's oh, not, you're, sure. you're not going to yeah. see something surprising. No. It's going to be, yeah. he's trying to go a little too fast. Exactly. And, <laughs> and they know it. And exactly. That's the thing is like, they absolutely know. Um, and that's not to say that there isn't, you know, times when emotions run high or, you know. Well, it's competition. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's another thing that people, they ask a lot is like, well, how do you deal with those circumstances? And it, I think a lot of it is just acknowledgement of what it is. And it's a high emotion competition, you know, like it should be. And that's what makes sport compelling. You don't yeah. want to eliminate that because, yeah. like, why would you watch otherwise? It, you know, yeah. why would you be invested in the people there? If they didn't care yeah. about the sport, it wouldn't be fun to watch. Exactly, it'd be really yeah. boring to right. watch the crossing game. You, I almost hope that they're a little bit pushy on you. Yeah, sometimes. You know, yeah. like it can be. You know, <laughs> having having my sport background, yeah. I was always pushing the refs yep. to get a call or sure. hey, yeah. he's definitely holding me. Come on, yeah. let make him let yep. me go. No, um, we'll, we'll definitely get some of that. And and again. I think the the important thing to frame is that like it's not personal. It's yeah. not you know this is just the name of the game. And at the end of the day, we can still sit down and uh, you know maybe they're not going to have a beer, but you know we'll have a beer together, yeah. quote unquote. Oh, yeah. um, which I think is a really great part of the sport still. No matter how big it's gotten, for the most part, people are still super accessible uh-huh. mm-hmm. and like super humble. You know, yeah, they're they're beasts, and it's easy to pedestalize them. But at the end of the day, like. They're some of the most down-to-earth people you'll meet. So oh, yeah. it's, it's good. Do you see any similarities between um, the reactions in particular, not from the athletes themselves, but uh, the mass participants between when the 2011 Open first came out and then when the sanctionals came out? I kind of see they're at different stages, but mm. I kind of see very similar things going on there. Like... Yeah, it's it's never been done. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I think if we just let the cards kind of play out, that I think good things are going to happen. I, I agree, and I think that um, you know you have a magic time machine. You can go back and, with the benefit of hindsight, do things differently. I think that the changes of the games are not. I think they're exactly what you said. They're going to end up in a place that nobody could have predicted, and it's going to be ultimately for the better. Yeah, I think because it was implemented so quickly, people couldn't get their head around it, and that's what created such a strong backlash. You know, so sure. mm-hmm. I think, it, which you know, that makes sense. I think I think everybody harbors a certain amount of risk aversion, uh-huh. and when you have something that is working and it looks like it's doing what it should, and to be honest, is very fixed you exactly know, the regional yeah. C, like uh, you knew exactly when right. everything was going to be yep and you take that away suddenly yeah people are going to react strongly and, and, yeah. and that makes sense you know um but yeah that again that talking to the athletes seems to be that the consensus is they're like this is the best thing for me you mm-hmm. know like previously my regionals date was fixed, so if I was having some sort of personal life event, you know, exactly. vacation, I was getting married, I was whatever, like that's all shelved for my one weekend slot. Mm-hmm. Something unfortunate happens, you get sick, you get hurt, whatever, like that's yeah. your crack. Yeah. Tough luck if it doesn't work out for mm-hmm. you. And now it's like, man, you can plan out a whole season. I think Matt Fraser said that in an interview recently where he's like, yeah, I had the 2019 season. He's like, I had my A plan, and then I had four other events 
in case that one didn't go to plan. Yeah. They're already planned out. They're already like set. So yeah. a bad one, I've swing and a miss, then I'm set for the next one. No big deal. I just move on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, additionally, if you're at the top of the heap like, like he is, I mean, man, what a... What a nice little pad to the income that you can go around and for sure, and, you know, <laughs> and get a couple. payday. And, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where we end up in a couple of years and and what happens from it. I think mm-hmm. I think it's still early to say. Yeah, you know, good, bad, indifferent, but um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Along those lines, where do you see um, judging going in the next couple of years? I don't know. I you know it's there's been talk, and I know that there are certain people out there that that run like they try to standardize and set out an organization and and things like that um and i just sometimes i question the necessity of that uh like i think the intention is good but i I just i don't know i i i guess i haven't thought it through as much as i could have um but i'm not convinced that that's something that needs to change radically mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and just the way that the sport has evolved most of the people that we see coming through year after year they're the same people that are in the you know on the judging floor um helping out with the event etc and so they've grown with the event as well you know mm-hmm. it's not um it's not just like fresh faces you get a couple of those too but they get the benefit of the experience of everybody around them so I don't know I guess I don't see a uh a big change in that. I think okay. I think it would be good for the smaller organizations to just identify leaders and, and strong performers in their little corner and just mm-hmm. make sure those people have enough time with everybody else to bring them up to the level that's expected. You know, I think that's the biggest challenge is number one, identifying those people. You're like, man, this guy's been crushing it year after year at our local comps or, mm-hmm. you know, at regionals or whatever, give him a little bit of responsibility or her and let them lead that team and, and bring him up. You yeah. Know? I think that's the big part. So, yeah. And I think that goes for a lot of aspects of those competitions. You know, it's, um, sure. it's like anything else. It, it looks, or at least I hope it looks like, yeah, you have an event and it just like, it just happens. And then you try to do on yourself and you're like, oh, God, there are so many things that you don't realize have to be planned out and mm-hmm. ironed out. And it's not easy. And um, Preaching to the choir. We had to do yeah. that for a few years yeah. themselves. It's tough. Yeah. So I think some of the smaller competitions are realizing that this season they're like, oh, wow, this is it's a big undertaking. And to do it really well, it takes time. You, know? mm-hmm. you have to establish those those members of the team that keep coming back and, and re-upping their skills. So, and I think that's the cool thing about breaking it from the regionals perspective yeah. is now instead of five, you have 22. Sure. Yeah. Almost equivalent regionals. Probably, yep. probably some are not. Probably, I mean, Dubai might be a little bit more than like a regional championship. Yeah. Even Wadapalooza and Granite. Right. Those are huge. Yeah, yeah. Big so it's kind of cool to see the sport shift and change that direction. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and, and to that point, I think it's interesting that there are, you know, there, there is a perceived strata of, of events, I think. And sometimes I believe people get caught in this perception that a, a high dollar event is a better event. And mm-hmm. that is not necessarily true. And that is something that lots of people have found out trying to mimic CrossFit style events. 
Is it like, well, if we just throw enough money at it, it'll happen? And you're like, no, that's not the way this works at all. You know, it's <laughs> nice to have that prize purse, but yeah, there's way too much experiential knowledge that has to be there that you cannot just throw money at and yeah. hope that it turns out. So, anyway, yeah, I don't know if that's getting into the weeds or not. No, that's that's the cool insight of like the art behind all that we see. Yeah, we see yeah. we see a beautifully run event that you can watch and and see on film and pay attention to half like doing something else but still know who's winning and we don't understand the thought process the the design that goes into that the standard yeah. that's being upheld on the floor and all those pieces parts that's really cool yeah and it's i think it's like being a gym owner like a long-term gym owner where you know every year you're learning little bits and pieces about how you can maximize your space and if make things more efficient the way that you want to run them and that's not always going to transfer to somebody else's gym one town over. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's not something that you might necessarily be able to just like read in a book and apply. Like you have to have done that and experienced it in order to really make it work. And, and I think that's very yeah. true for these events. You, it, it, it's built upon itself, you know. So. so experience is the best teacher. Absolutely. So along those lines, looking at experience, looking at gym owner, level one seminar. Yeah. Who should take it? Who shouldn't take it? Oh, great question. I mean, I'm a little biased, so. Yeah, no, no. That, <laughs> and I expect that from someone who's a yeah. flow master yep. and all of those pieces. I, I think the level one's great for anybody. And, and that's been a real big push that I'm really proud of that team and, and the work that, you know, me and a bunch of other people have, have put into that is that now in its current state, it's so accessible mm -hmm. and it's like. I, in the past, like I remember when I did mine, it was like, brutal. oh man, I was beat up for a week afterwards, yeah. you know, and, and leading up to it, I was, I don't know if I'm, I don't know, like how yeah. prepped do I need to be? And <laughs> you have this trepidation of like, can I handle it? And it's, it's going to be intense. You know? I remember on day one, we had to do this, like, and that is day one. There used to be three day seminars for those who don't know. Uh, we had, we started right off with like Tabata squats. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, just how the, am I going to make it for this weekend? <laughs> just a quick little, Hey, how you doing? Um, but I, you know, the level one I really believe is everybody should do it. If you're interested in refining this concept for yourself, you know, even if you're not going to be a, uh, a coach or a trainer or a gym owner. I think if you're somebody that is interested in fitness for the long term, you're like, this is what I want to be doing when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Going to that seminar can give you the foundation that you can carry that forward. You know, yeah. you can, you can get lost in the weeds and you can find a million different variations on the internet these days or whatever. But at the root, that course is going to supply, Hey, this is a basic way you can approach nutrition and, and avoid like 90% of the insanity that people are going to fall into. You know exactly. what I mean? Uh -huh. Here's the basic movements that everything else is going to be basically derivative from, you know, mm -hmm. like just get good at that and everything else is going to fall into place. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would recommend it for anybody that, that can make it out there. Just do it. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. The most pain you'll ever feel with a PVC pipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so sore from just holding yeah. a PVC pipe all weekend. That my three-day one, we had an afternoon with Mike Bergener, and it was oh, like yeah. two hours yeah. of PVC pipe snatches and burpees, and it was brutal. <laughs> just, that was one of the hardest parts of the seminar, I remember. Just... That was one of the cool things, though, back then. I mean, it's totally way better now, but 
we used to have all like the domain um, experts there. I mean, I, I went to one in Colorado and uh, Christopher Summer was like doing the gymnastics oh, awesome. piece and stuff. It was, it was crazy. It was yeah. so much fun. And then Dan John, Mike Bergner, yep. all those folks, uh, even Mike uh, Rutherford, like the dumbbell Oh yeah, yeah. Guy. He was he, at mine too. Yeah. Or the, the one in, uh, in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I have. Do you have any more questions, Mike? I don't. Do you have anything else, Adrian? No, I mean, I can talk all day. That's, uh, I like hanging out. So, so, yeah. so my, my closing question is what is the importance of spider rings to you? Spider rings? Plastic uh, out of a maybe candy machine. Oh, spider my God. Ring. Oh, man. You would have answered that question right. You wow. Okay. I, I did a little bit of homework, so... Oh, this is going way back. Yeah, so my wife and I, we've been married. It'll be 15 years in September, so coming up on a milestone. You got married when you were like 12 years old? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> it's just how we do it in Canada, you know? Um, <laughs> no, so I got I got married pretty young. Um, I didn't expect to get married at all. I'd actually bet my mom when I was 16. I was like, you know, punk rock kid. I'm like, I'm never getting married. And she said, you'll be married by the time you're 30. <laughs> I'll wow, bet you, she was I'll, way... I'll, I'll way bet you 100 bucks. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I lost that bet poorly. And um, when we got married, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at the time. And we uh, went down to Kid, Kim's godmother's um, house in Encinitas and got married in her backyard. We didn't have rings, uh, couldn't afford them, and to be frank, they're just not really that important to me. Um, I've since got my wife a ring, but I still don't have one. Uh, anyway, so we were I'm at the in that same club. Well, yeah. I actually have one too, but I I don't I haven't worn my yeah. wedding ring in years, and I'm not. It's not because I'm trying to be shady. It's yeah, just not. Yeah who I am and my wife wears hers like if we go out and that's about it we're both fortunately very much the same way yeah no Kim Kim likes wearing hers um and I'm like that's great you know anyway so we after the wedding uh officially happened we went to uh, it was like a pizza place in Encinitas I don't even remember the name of it and they had those little um like gumball machine style uh-huh. things with the plastic yeah. poppers. And uh, that's what we got to exchange rings. I got like a little plastic. It was a spider ring. Yep. <laughs> and then um, we also got a, uh, it was like a little thing of cheap prayer bead kind of deal as a bracelet. <laughs> so that's what we exchanged. Yeah, man, that was a good dig there. That's yeah, nicely done. Yeah, you almost yeah. stumped him you, for a second. You had to like string him along. <laughs> you know, we talked about CrossFit humble beginnings. We had to see yeah, Adrian's humble beginnings. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. All right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this talk with Adrian Bosman, as you guys probably know him, Boz. And we want to thank you for coming on, Adrian. Oh, thank and, you guys for thinking of me. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot.